Hi, this is me, RJ Jain. Welcome to the year that wasn't. Well, the last year has been honestly a difficult year for most of us, and this pandemic has taught us so many life lessons. And um, we decided to catch up with some very interesting content creators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders in their own verticals in order to share with us their story of what the year that wasn't was like. Well, uh, the USP of this podcast is, you know, to feel the good vibes, to feel. the positivity and to see how we can see the silver lining around this cloud i'm very excited about having some very very interesting guests on the year the year that wasn't, that wasn't. hey this is me jane and i have a very very special health wellness fitness sort of a coach uh somebody who we've been following for years now but uh, someone who really stands at the forefront of all the happiness and good health and holistic wellness in the world thanks so much luke for joining us hello hi how are you doing thanks for having me i'm doing fantastic uh you know i've been following you for a whole while very silently and i know so many of my friends have told me you know one igtv of luke's or one post can truly like uh you know change things around for me uh 2020 was a really difficult year luke tell us uh you know this entire show is called the year that wasn't if you had to just go back and tell us what 2020 did for you how it reset the clock for you what would it be like i think 2020 was amazing I think it was one of the best years ever. Okay, not to take away from you know uh, instances where people have died because of the virus or family issues or people couldn't you know get you know appointments in hospitals because the front line was too busy. But you know that happens even in regular life. To be quite honest, you know. Other than that, I think it was a brilliant year. You know, we can look at a year negatively or positively. And today, at the end of today, if it was a really bad year, everyone would have something negative to say about it. But if we really look back, there are so many people who have. built new businesses they built great bodies they got back their health because they found time you know working from home that they had time for exercise time to eat good food so you know like i always say our perspective in life everything's a perspective we can either see it negatively positively and even if it's negative we can make the most out of it so like every year there's something last year was the pandemic continuing into this year the year before that millions of people die of diabetes millions of people die of cancer millions of people die in road accidents drug abuse and all of that stuff it's just something different in a different way that we perceive it so i think 2020 was great for our year because it also taught a lot of our patients the importance of home food and they started loving it a lot of people thought i can never eat home food i can only eat food cooked in a restaurant a lot of people thought that i can never work in a gym i work without a gym I need a gym otherwise I can't work out but they learn to work in a gym. A lot of people learn to spend more time with their families. This could be negative and positive because a lot of people spending too much time with their families also a lot of negative came out of it. <laughs> again, a way of 
looking at it. But I think it's perception. You know, I don't think we can blindly look and say something was bad. Of course, there were, you know, business fell, things went down. We had a lot of our patients who couldn't get treatment, but that's part of everything. That's part of life. And I think the way we feel is the way we relate to whatever's happening, whether it's an event, it's a pandemic, it's a person, a situation. So 2020 was great for me in all these ways. That's fantastic. And, you know, I'm going to take a cue from there because I've been watching a lot of your videos and I was watching this one particular video where you were talking about how the brain per se, right, uh, really can perceive uh, the same thing when you show it an intention, whether it's real or imaginary. And I was just uh, thinking about that, like if somebody is diagnosed with, uh, you know, I don't know, cancer or they are going through a really hard time. uh, If they say that they are not going to recover, then the brain kind of uh, assumes the worst possibility and works on it do you think that is the sort of mindset that people need to have towards the year 2020 as well because is it just a question of flipping the coin on the head and saying you know let's look at this differently and build ourselves differently because I'm very positively motivated when you put out stuff like that and these are uh, you know researchers and doctors from the best medical colleges and institutes from around the world absolutely you know there's research in Harvard where they showed participants a picture of a tree a nice beautiful green tree And with a brain scanner, they measured the areas in the hypothalamus of the brain that lit up. And then they made the same people imagine the green tree, the the green tree without, you know, closing their eyes. The same areas lit up. And that's why we know today science shows us that your imagination, your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between reality and truth. Now, this is so beautiful because that gives us the power to use our subconscious mind to make things work in a different way. Like, you know, what's the difference between so many patients who die of certain treatments and so many people who don't? What's the difference between some people who recover and don't? The same disease, same degree of the disease. It's the difference in the way that we think. So if we imagine the worst, we get the worst. We imagine the best. Things can change. So we always try to encourage people, think the best of every situation. Because you get nothing out of thinking the worst. You get absolutely nothing out of thinking the worst. So what if we could start thinking or imagining the best? So if I have patients, we, we teach our patients that when they're going through chemotherapy, yes, we all know it's a toxic treatment. There are possible side effects, but that's what we know. Now, we don't want them to go, in, to go into the chemotherapy with that mindset. So we train them to think that the chemo I'm taking, because you've decided that's your treatment, you're taking it. Sure. Now imagine it's doing the best for your body. Imagine that it's healing you, it's killing your cells, it's looking after your liver, your kidney. You're literally lying to your subconscious mind but you're making the mind believe a positive outcome for it. And like that, there have been hundreds of books which have been written by scientists, by biologists, talking about the power of your mind and how you yourself have the power to change it by just shifting the way you think. So yes, of course, negativity of 2020 will be thrown up by social media, the news, you know, the algorithms in social media. So if I Google how many people died in Mumbai today, example, that's what social media is going to throw up for the next couple of days, everything to do with debt and COVID. So you see now my perception is now being formed and my subconscious mind is now being molded by what I see. Or the same thing on the news. When is the last time any of us saw something nice on the news? We rarely see something nice on the news. So again, yes, it's a mindset. We can look at it, fine, it's a bad year. People died. Some businesses closed down. I lost my job. All of that stuff. But now, okay, how can I start thinking forward? Not letting that negativity pull me down. And That is what mindset is all about.
2021 this year especially after the year that wasn't or maybe the year that was truly like a changing sort of a year for all of us like in the right direction where we kind of reset the clock uh, attitude you talk a lot about the right sort of attitude and to young people out there now we have three different generations coexisting with each other we have the millennials uh, we have the later millennials we have uh, the i-geners and then we have the gen z in between we have so many different categories and I know you have a little daughter. I believe she would be an I Jenner right now. Uh, what is the right sort of attitude the youth need to be having across the country, across the world? Because it is a new order. It is a new sort of a lifestyle that they are, uh, you know, exposed to. Uh, they have their phones all the time. They have a virtual life and a real life, uh, which we didn't, you know, have so much growing up. I think I saw one of your posts, which I don't know if you studied in Goa, but it, it showed a place where you grew up in. I don't know if that was Curly's, but I do know that we've had sun, sand, surf, beach and the natural elements kind of overtake us. What do you think is going to be the way forward with the youth and how they think, especially post-2020? I think it's completely up to them. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're a millennial or next gen. It doesn't matter whether you're a senior citizen. If you have a wrong attitude, okay, nothing, nothing's ever going to work in life. It doesn't matter whether you passed out of Yale or Harvard or a government school or a university, if you have the wrong attitude, nothing works. Like I always give this example, hundreds of people pass out of the top medical institutions across the world, the top engineering, the top IT institutes every single year. How many of them make it to the top? They do well, but how many stand out at the top? They got the same education, the same teachers, the same pass out year, but there's a difference. Attitude. Attitude is everything. Like I always say, the biggest disability is a bad attitude. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a billionaire, whether you have a little bit of money, it is your attitude that makes the difference. So today, when I'm getting into social media, I need to have that intention and attitude that this is not real. This is not my life. Okay. You know, someone else's life cannot be my life. Now, if I'm getting onto social media, I need to go in with that attitude. But if I go in with a very negative attitude that, oh, that person, what a beautiful body he or she has. Oh, no, they're doing so well. Oh, she's, she's posted a picture with a brand new car. I don't even have my own car yet. That's the wrong attitude. You're not supposed to use social media to compare your life, your body, the way you are with millions of people that you don't even know. So, you know, that's when we're using a wrong attitude. There's nothing wrong or nothing bad with social media unless it's controlling us. There's nothing wrong with technology unless it's controlling us. But when we can use social media, use technology to evolve, to grow, to look at what's happening, get motivated and move, that is the attitude that everyone needs irrespective of a generation gap. And also this whole thing of people putting themselves in a category. So millennials, oh, you know, we're millennials. We don't do this. You know, that, that, that's a poor attitude. It doesn't matter who you are. You have the same brain you have. You just, you're just in a different time. You were born at a different time. That doesn't change anything. You're breathing the same air eating the same food. So, you know, people have to start getting out of these little buckets. Like when you look at vegans, vegetarians, non-vegetarians, the extremes of these buckets just reflect on how poor society's thinking up. Be a vegan, be a happy vegan, be a respectful vegan, do your thing. Let, it, let other people live. Be a non-vegetarian, don't put down vegans. Let them do what they want out of respect. But these little extreme categories that are forming are putting people into, you know, I call it a box which you get into because you want to feel part of something and you're looking at drawing a lot of attention. You only look at extremes when you want attention. Otherwise, be a normal vegan, be a normal non-vegetarian, be a normal millennial kid. 
Okay, it is your attitude at the end of the day. If I have an attitude that I don't want to hurt animals, I want to respect animals, I want to turn vegan, good. Live your life peacefully. You don't have to go and put other people down. That's a poor attitude. If you don't care about human life and you only care about animals, it doesn't make a you know it doesn't make sense. So I think attitude is everything. It is. It's the difference between whether my patient is going to live or die. You know, they get a disease, they have a poor attitude. How could I get this? I did everything. I ran marathons. I got this. You know, how could it happen to me? I hate God. I hate whatever. Okay, you got it. Okay, no one said we're not supposed to get sick. If you change your attitude, and we got people who have got it, and they said like, I'm going to kick this, no matter what. Fine, I made a couple of mistakes in my health lifestyle. Now I'm going to overcome it. And the same people with this positive attitude are the ones who recover from the deadliest of diseases. The same attitude if you're trying to build your business. Since you said this question is directed to the youth, okay? Half the youth out there are trying to find a meaning in life. Hey, your youth, your 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 are young. Your job is not to find a meaning of your life. Your job is to live life. You will find your meaning of life while living life. You're not going to find your meaning of life. By giving up everything, going to the mountains, sitting in the Himalayas, because it sounds cool, and then coming back to reality and not having achieved anything, but oh, I meditated, I chanted. Now what? Have you found the meaning of life? My point is, everyone finds the meaning of life by living life, not by stopping life to find out oh, why am I on this planet? So I think you know we have to be careful before we make these decisions. Everyone is you know the youth out there have so they have so much of talent. So much of access to information, knowledge, they can see their previous generations' mistakes and learn from those mistakes. What a powerful, beautiful learning! We couldn't do that in our previous generations. Imagine if we could learn because we didn't have the internet. But they have all of this. So my point is, you could be anyone out there, anyone. What really matters is what you do with what you have. It's not about a lot of people say, "Oh, you know, when I lose weight, I'm going to be happy." You know, when I start my first company, I'll feel successful. No, be happy now. Feel successful right now. Don't wait. It's not conditional. You make it happen. It's not conditional. So I think attitude is everything. You'll see rich people using attitude and power to, you know, place their positions in society, but they're not respected. What's the point? They're not respected at all. You know, and you'll find other people using position and power. You know, to establish. You know, so these are all examples of low self-worth. As the youth out there, you have to be strong on self-esteem. You know, you can't be clicking ten pictures and deciding that I like this picture the best and I'll put it up. That means you don't love yourself enough to click a picture. Wow, that's me. Put it right up because I love me. I'm proud of me. But we go through this. We Photoshop pictures. We want to put our best every time you're trying to put your best through Photoshop. You're devaluing yourself. I know a lot of women who come to us and guys with body image issues. They said, "Look, we can't even look us look at ourselves in the mirror because we don't like what we see." But they can look at themselves on Instagram after they put all the filters, the makeup, and all of that stuff. So these are indicators in society that you know we're losing connection with ourselves, you know, and we're trying to portray a, an image which is not true to the world out there, and that's very short-lived. After a while, people are going to see you in reality, you know. So attitude is everything. Whatever it is that you're trying to achieve in life. You can have all the skills, all the talent, all the power, all the contacts, but if you have the wrong attitude, it's all useless. Thank you very much for that. I really needed like one of those power punching sort of stories to uh, really get out of the sort of warped, uh, you know, vibes that 
uh, the, maybe the last year has kind of put us through because mental health is at its uh, weirdest level at this point in time. A lot of people do not know how to get out. But uh, when I see your page and every time I, uh, you know, listen to something that you're saying, I see not just, uh, you know, mere mortals commenting. I see celebrities. I see everybody connect with you because there's so much of positivity and optimism. But there's also a lot of food on your feed. How much of a foodie is Luke? See, I love food. I love trying different foods. And there are times where I just want to eat simple food like a khichdi every single day. I follow my body. It's as simple as that. I don't want my mind to be influenced by what's happening in the outside world. So this afternoon, you know, uh, uh, I finished a meeting and all of that stuff. And I felt like having a tiramisu. I didn't even think about it. I didn't even think about it. I'm physically hungry. My mind wants a tiramisu. I ate it and it's over. You know, my point about it is people, if they don't enjoy their food, Okay, and yet they're punishing their bodies with diets and exercises. They're never psychologically happy. And my clients, like, like if I talk, talk about 10,000 plus clients that we've seen over the years, the happiest, the fittest, the ones who have recovered from conditions or they don't have conditions are the ones who eat everything. They eat everything, but they know their boundaries. They know their boundaries. They're not going to do a tiramisu every day. They're not going to binge drink every day. You know, they're not going to overeat every single day. They just go with their bodies because the body is so dynamic. Sometimes it craves more calories, you know, because maybe you've had a lot of thinking to do that day. You know, you can burn 400 to 800 calories thinking with your brain. So that's energy. Where do you get it from? Food. But you have people who are constantly eating like birds, counting the pumpkin seeds that they eat, counting whatever. I'm not <laughs> saying it's a bad thing, but, you know, you've got to listen to your body and again like i said it's your attitude if you're connected internally your body tells you how much to eat your body tells you you're being greedy right now your body tells you like you know you messed up can't you feel all the gas you built up and the flatulence you built up so if we listen our bodies are the best indicators of what we should eat when we should stop what time we should eat what time we should sleep what time we should wake up so there's nothing wrong about food of course i am i i must make the statement on your show that a lot of people eat outside and now I do want to explain, you know, the next time you're at a buffet breakfast or a live pasta counter, I just want you to step back and look at the amount of oil they just, you know, without measuring, they just put in a pan. Okay. I don't have a problem with that. But if you're doing that often, like, you know, I, I was in a hotel a day ago, my team's down from Mumbai, all of our doctors strategizing for the next couple of months. And I, I was observing this, at least three tablespoons of spoon or, 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 or three tablespoons of oil in your frying pan for two eggs. That's your daily requirement for most people. And plus, you're going to eat something else and your lunch and your dinner. And then we do this the second day and the third day. Let's say you're staying in a hotel for four to five days. Now, can you imagine the amount of excess fat, oil, calories that you have? And then we wonder, oh, no, I'm not exercising enough. Let's go punish our bodies with exercise. Oh, no, I'm not meditating enough. Let me start chanting more. But we don't look at these little things that in, in hotels, People don't care about the amount of oil they use. Everyone's standing around the shelf, chef in a live pasta counter and wow, clicking pictures and selfies. Next time, click a picture of the oil going into that one little pan for your little bowl of pasta. That's probably two days of your requirement of your total fat. So my point is be a foodie, but be smart. Make right decisions, portion control. Don't do these things every day. I like to plan maybe a Friday where I don't care where I eat. I'm just going to eat. That's my reward if I've done well during the week. So if I'm doing a uh, sugar-free from Sunday to Friday. I know on Saturday, no one can ever stop me from having my dessert. I've earned it. My body feels for it. So I, I want people to move out of these rigid boxes. And like I said, our happiest, healthiest patients have everything. They're not on strict diets. They're not on restrictive diets. They're on 
easy lifestyle changes that they can make. Of course, you have a disease. We may have to stop you from certain foods to support your healing, look after the side effects of your medication. But I, it's my dream that I am able to set, uh, um, send a message to the world that, you know, at the end of the day, you should feel good. You know, how many women and men go to bed like, I'm still so hungry. I crave this. How many days more do I need to restrict myself from these foods? That psychological deprivation is worse than your weight problems over time. So take it easy. Be a foodie, but don't overeat. Be a foodie, but make the right choices. Be a foodie. Enjoy it without guilt. Otherwise, just don't eat it at all if you're going to feel guilty. I've seen so many of the people that, you know, um, have coffee with you because uh, having coffee with Karun is passe now, but having coffee with Luke, <laughs> uh, you know, it is more espresso, less depresso. I really like that line. Uh, how often are you having coffee with people uh, you consult with, people to just give them that extra dose of positivity and happiness? And uh, is that something you've done a lot uh, during the pandemic year as well? No, not really. We've just started it. And I think I got about five people who are uh, supposed to have coffee with me. But right now they're in places where the numbers are really high. So we want to be socially responsible and we will meet them. Of course, there's no timeline. It can happen in the next three months or four months. But I like that physical connect. You know, we've not connected for a long time, you know, face to face. And I think these people have really earned it. And over that time, over that coffee, if we can impact their lives in any way, it, it's fun and it kind of disciplines me. You know, I have a selfish agenda to that. I allow myself one coffee in a day. So <laughs> that one coffee is such a special time for me. Such a special time because I'm not going to have the second coffee. So whoever I'm going to have that coffee with, whether it's my mom, whether it's by myself, whether it's my wife, or whether it's a winner, it's got to be super special. So I thought, you know, rather than just doing normal things, I want to make that experience with the coffee winners extraordinary for them as well as me. So I'm not yet really had the coffee thing, but we have five people who are going to have that chance to have coffee with me. That's fantastic. I have some tea in my hand and I'm having tea with Luke. So I'm actually proud of that. Well, this is the rapid fire with Luke. Are you all set? Short answers to quick questions, whatever comes on top of your mind. Okay. Where did Luke grow up? School and college. I grew up in Goa. School was in Goa. College was in Goa as well before I moved abroad. Uh, what was the one thing about Goa that you still carry with you, like one essence of Goa that uh, is just with Luke wherever he goes? A simple life, simple, non-complicated life, lots of nature, beaches, simple people. I still carry that with me. I don't see why people have to be fancy when you can be simple and still have the best of everything. Uh, one line about the year 2020 that you wish, uh, you know, you could propagate to everybody because this is called the year that wasn't. But I know that your line is going to be a very different one. About 2020. It doesn't matter how much. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much you have or how little you have. What matters is what you do with what you have. Wow, I really like that. Um, tell us, you know, uh, if there's one food apart from tiramisu that Luke likes to cheat with. Every once in a while, what would that be? Yeah, so I never use the word cheat because cheat comes with guilt. So I say reward. So if I reward myself, oh, I love my Park. I love my Park. I can finish a box, like a whole box, which is why I don't have it anymore. I have this strange thing in my mind. If I start off with one piece, I'll finish the entire box. So I don't do that anymore. But that's that's a huge, huge weakness of mine, my Park. I love that. So if I want to reward myself, I'll probably have a box. I'm not going to say a piece because I know it's going to be a box. <laughs> the one thing about your little daughter that just brings joy to you like never before, because I see that in your eyes whenever they're even through the pictures. I think it's the innocence of uh, it's the innocence of the child. Like I've told, I told my wife, I tell everyone, 
Like if, if there's an affair I want to have in this one life I have on my earth, the woman I'm going to have it with, okay, will show me and, you know, have that same kind of unconditional love that I feel for my daughter. That woman should be able to bring it out, bring it out. Like, I'll be honest with you. Everyone go pretends, oh, unconditional love I have for you. I don't think I have unconditional love for my mom. Yeah, I'd like to think I do, but I will do everything. But sometimes I'll still be mean to her or snap at her if she brings up something. The same thing with my wife. I can't say I'll be unconditional because there are some things. That's why we have conflict because I'm not doing something or with anyone. But the girl who can bring out that unconditional love that I have for Tiana, okay, is the girl I'll have an affair with. And I know she doesn't exist out there, but because the, the love that you have for a child is very different from the love you have for your mom and dad and very different from the love that you have for your wife or your partner, which is why love is different in so many different degrees. But unconditional love, I felt it only once in my lifetime. It's a beautiful feeling. And that's what I have with uh, Tiana. That's your wife is going to be very safe now. She's going to be like, you know, I'm going to find it. So you're going to come home, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the one wellness tip or motivational uh, sort of a feel-good vibe that you would like to leave everyone with. The one thing, the one mantra that they can switch from negative to positive instantly. So there's no mantra. There's an action. There's an action for that. And it works. Okay. I don't have a single person across the world who said, Luke, it didn't work. Okay. If you're stressed and you want, you want to move to de-stress, <clears throat> slow down your breathing. Doesn't matter what it is. Your inhale and your exhale should be longer. Immediately, your stress levels will come down. Your problem may still be there, but your stress levels come down. So in a second, you can move. In a minute, you can move from stress to de-stress by slowing down your breath. It's an action. Because I can give you quotes and all of that stuff. You'll feel, you'll feel good for two seconds. I want to give you an action that you can actually feel good. And the third, and I'll add one point, okay, since there's an action, okay, it's if there's anything stressing you out, there are three things you need to ask yourself. What is stressing you out? Okay. Can I do something about it? If yes, do it. If no, accept it or let go. No one can debate that because most people's stress are people trying to control things that they cannot control. And that's why it builds up a stress and anxiety. Okay. So again, problem. Can I do something about it? Great. Move to action. No, accept or let go. It's as simple as that. Build that algorithm in like your multiplication tables. Two into two is four. Four twos are eight. Eight twos are 16. That same thing is in our subconscious mind. I can wake you up and ask you what five into five is and you know, you'll know about it. So that same algorithm problem. Okay. That's the way we need to look at it. Problem. Okay. What can I do? Is there something I can do? Yes. Take action. No. Accept or let go. As simple as that. So keep it simple. Breathing. Slow down your breathing and you bring down your cortisol, which is your stress hormones in less than a minute. You're like an encyclopedia for wellness, but I really want to find out toxic relationships, toxic habits like smoking, drinking, drug abuse, so many things. How does one start dealing with toxicity? flushing it out so i think it's by identifying number one identifying the root cause and number two wanting to change i've had lung cancer patients fourth stage who still smoke cigarettes and the doctors are like the, the oncologists are look you know if we had it our way we didn't even want we wouldn't even want to treat these people we'd give our time to someone who wants their health back but we can't because we're supposed to help anyone and everyone who comes to us but, you know, my point is, if that person, I've tried to understand, you know, your family is crying for you, for your health. You're, <clears throat> you have lung cancer. You're still smoking 10 cigarettes a day. What's hurt you so much? What has, you know, in my mind, like, you know, how can you not value your life or the people who love you enough to stop smoking at least now? 
So it's a way deeper thing. You know, I can't label a toxic habit and say that person is toxic. No, that person is affected. Like I always say, people who are over smoking or, you know, over drinking and doing drugs, you know, all of these unresponsible behaviors and vices, they're feeding an emotion. They're feeding a void. And unless you find that void and face it, you will always need that crutch. You know, so everyone likes to fool themselves. Oh, it's a cool thing. It's a weekend thing. That's what you console your mind to think. It's not a weekend thing. Why don't you do it on a Monday? Why don't you do it on a Wednesday, right? You like doing it so much. But the point is, it's the way we console our minds. Remember I said the subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between a lie and a truth. So most people's truths are built on lies or most people, their lies begin, become their truth. You keep telling yourself that, oh, smoking is great for me. It becomes your subconscious mind's truth. Eventually, that's why a lot of criminals, when they question, they don't believe they've done anything wrong. They've robbed hundreds of people, but they don't believe because they programmed them. I'm robbing these people because I need, I want to support my family. So it's become their truth. So we have to understand toxicity. I think it's 100% possible for people to change. Number one, you must have the attitude, the want to change. Number two, are you willing to face what that deep emotion <clears throat> or what that void is? And when you are... You slowly let go of these vices because everyone with vices, they know that with these vices, they're only happy while they do it. When they're not doing it, they're miserable. So again, self-awareness, connection within, you know, toxic relationships. Since you said that, if you're stuck in a toxic relationship, you have two options. Accept, let go. There are no other ways. Accept, let go. Is there action? Can you go for counseling? Can you change? Can you see your errors? Can you change your, other, your partner? If yes, take the action. If no, accept or let go. Or if you've decided, there because there are genuine cases of married couples who are stuck in relationships because the children exist and they don't want to have that divorce when a child, then that's still okay. But then accept your partner for who they are. You can't say, I want to be in this relationship and continue being toxic. So you see, there's always action to take, always action to take, Jane. That's why I said move to action. You know, when I did MTA, a, 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 a young boy called me up, 31 years old. He said, Luke, you know, move to action. You said it can always happen. My father's in hospital dying. He's 72 years old. The doctor says he has two weeks left to live. His kidneys are failing. You know, what action is there? I said, he said, you have two weeks, right? There are several actions you can take. You should be by his bedside right now, not chatting with me on Instagram. Two, get all of his family, friends, loved ones. Make the last two weeks beautiful for him because we can't stop death from happening. But you can still take several actions that can make the last two weeks the best of his life. So you see, attitude is everything and we can always move to action. You're just crazy cool, man. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute yeah. pleasure. Every time I see this and I keep asking some of the guests who've actually joined us on the year that wasn't, my final question to you is, there must be a place where so much of positivity, optimism, happiness, good energy and good vibes come from for you, Luke. Do you know where that is? Have you ever searched your own subconscious or is that something that you choose to do every single day by yourself no i don't I, I won't lie about it it's what i've learned in my path because in my line we work with fourth stage and end of life diseases so i've had i've spoken to hundreds of thousands of patients who are on their deathbed and i speak to them not just about their disease i speak to them about their lives and you know because a lot of them even they're just craving family time when they're on their deathbeds and their families don't have time for them or most of them and when i look at their lives and learn what, what do i learn from it we have one life we have finite time on this planet we don't know what's going to happen in the next second forget about tomorrow we not we, we don't know what's going to happen in the next minute so what we have right now yes maybe life isn't going well a relationship is bad you didn't get enough of money from your job fine but 
what's going well in your life? You know, why you find things are not going by focusing on the bad things. It's not changing the bad things, but focusing on the good things. It's giving you that strength and positivity to get over the bad things or to accept them part of your life. Great. There are good things happening. Okay. There's also some bad stuff. I can balance it out. But today's world, they only want good things. They don't want bad things. They want the relationship to be perfect. Right. Then you fail. If you don't have tolerance, you can't forgive, you can't accept, you can't let go. You failed right then because you're never going to get a perfect relationship. Every woman knows this. Every man knows this. But yet they don't want to believe it because with all their fairy tale, fairy tale knowledge, movies, and what you see in serials of the perfect love, they believe that they can have that too. But those are movie directors behind the line writing a story to engage you so that you watch their movies. Great entertainment. I love watching it myself. But... Maintain your attitude. That's not real. That's the virtual world. It is not real life. Real life is what you're living and what you make the best out of. So have you even looked at divorce trends in our country? It's imaging the West. It's imaging the West, literally the way divorces are happening. Oh, let's have a celebration for our divorce today. Let's celebrate the end of my relationship. All these Western things, you know, all of that stuff. I mean, I don't have a problem with it, but if people are, they have the sheep mentality that, What's happening in the West, we should do because it's cool. You know, you can understand right then how shallow your life is. So it's so important for us to understand again, connect within, be your person, be you. You can't be someone else. And if you don't love you, how can you expect someone else to love you? If you don't accept the way you are, how can you expect someone else to accept you? If you don't respect yourself, how can you expect people around you to respect you? That's when we start building false facades, putting on masks trying to act, which is so exhausting at the end of the day. I think the sooner we are ourselves, the better we are, the happier we are and the more successful we are as well. The commonality between all the successful, happy, motivated people that we've been talking to on this edition, everybody has said this, authenticity, uh, being true to yourself, acknowledging the issues and moving towards positive action. And I think you reinforce it, uh, you know, better than the rest. Thank you so much, Luke. It's been an absolute pleasure, uh, you know, having you. Uh, if somebody had 30 seconds uh, of coffee time with Luke and you had those 30 seconds to transform their life into the positive just 30 seconds no what would it be i think i would ask them to start with their attitude that's it because i i can change anyone's life if they're willing to change so my first question in that 30 seconds what are the things you want to change okay are you willing to change it and do whatever it takes if it's yes i'll transform their life if it's no i'll need way more than 30 seconds and more coffee to sort them out. <laughs> Coffee with Luke anytime. Well, that was an absolutely fabulous conversation. Uh, follow Luke on his Instagram and all his socials on his website. So many ways to reach across uh, and find out what he has as a message for you almost every single day. Wellness, positive action. And I see the attitude in myself having shifted from just like uh, 40 minutes of just a most fabulous and, you know, really mind uplifting sort of conversation. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Thank you so much, Jane. Thanks for having me. Well, if you want to follow me on my Instagram, Facebook and my socials, Jane, J-N-E underscore J-E-Y-A-K-U-M-A-R. But also do remember, give us feedback by writing into us and reaching out to us on HD Smartcast. That's exactly where you get across to us. We're present on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. That's HD Smartcast. To listen to more podcasts, log on to www.hdsmartcast.com. This was a Radio One production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.